You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger and Justin Lape. So the Hurricanes are in the midst of a uh, a little bit of a road trip right now, and they might be stuck in snow right now, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can't talk about them this week. This is the Canes Country Podcast. My name is Brett Finger. Like always, I'm joined by Justin Lape. Hi, Justin. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm well. It's crazy that it's only Tuesday. It feels like it's Thursday, but um, this is this feels like a long week to me. Personally. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those weeks. And um, I'm a if um if the if the Canes lose in Ottawa tonight, it's gonna be it's gonna be even worse. It's gonna be even longer. So I guess let's just I guess this podcast tends to be about the Hurricanes. So let's just start talking about them. So Justin, four games out of the way on this five game trip. Uh, this is a really, really, really important trip for this team uh, as we near trade deadline and, and, you know, we really start to see who's who's a real contender for the playoffs. What are your biggest takeaways from the road trip so far? Well, I think the initially that Pittsburgh game was a real shocker. Maybe their um, best game all year. It, it could be. It could be. I think the Vegas game was really good. Um, but... And, you know, there, there was a few earlier in the season, but those almost didn't matter at this point. Now we're getting down to the real nitty gritty of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was that was the real shocker so far on this this trip. So, I mean, obviously breaking the curse at MSG was was huge. I mean, that was a game they kind of just gritted out. The score kind of looks different than what it really was. It was really a one nothing game Two kind of. Letters, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think winning those tight games, especially in an environment that they haven't won very frequently, that's that's big momentum for a team. Um, but, yeah, the Buffalo one, I, I think I hated to see how that ended up. Um, yeah. You know, you get the win, but to give up a point to somebody that you really shouldn't have given a point up to um, that's right there with you, uh, that one – kind of hurt in a way i don't know it was it was hard to be con- completely happy to take that away yeah um it could have even been two points to slip out of the hand they could have just ended up with one so that been, yeah, um yeah that could have been bad you know beggars can't be choosers but at the same time you know you kind of wish they they would have kind of closed the door there at the end beggars can't um, be choosers but we're going to we're going oh to yes we're, we're gonna beg and we're gonna <laughs> choose um but yeah, with New Jersey, it really just came out to one bad period. I mean, I think the second and third were much better than the first. Um, it was just really, really sloppy first. Um, so, I mean, a little bit of fight at the end there, but uh, you know, it 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 does kind of stink to a team that's you know at the bottom of the division. You got to kind of take advantage of that. But I think it all comes down to how they play against Ottawa. Um, if they play in a stinker or they come out flat against a team that they should beat, then I don't know if you can be completely happy about this road trip, especially with that point given up to Buffalo and then back-to-back losses against two bad teams. So I think it all comes down to Ottawa. If they win, this is a very successful road trip. Uh, If they lose, it kind of didn't really get them anywhere. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 funny how, you know, like like the, I guess the narrative around the road trip. I mean, they were three and zero to start this trip, um, and all it took all it took was one bad period for for all of us to be like, wait a second, what what are we doing here? Where, how good are they? Um, 
because funny enough, I think you talked about this and, and described it well. Um, their game in Buffalo was probably their worst game of the trip so far. Uh, really, just start to finish. It, it just wasn't a good game um, by that team. And they were, quite frankly, lucky to, to get the two points. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, these, these games are so important. Um, it doesn't matter how they get them, but they need to get points. They need to get two points as often as they can. Um, so I was at least happy to see that they, they pulled that one out in overtime. Uh, Tavo Teravainen, uh, I mean, what a, what a clutch, you know, what a clutch goal from him. And he's been so good. Um, really all year, but since signing that extension, um, I think that did a lot for him uh, mentally, you know, just t- kind of taking ownership of this team uh, from a leadership perspective, and uh, you, you can see that he's really, you know, a, a night and day different player from, from where he was a few years ago when, when he first came to Carolina. Um, so, of course, you, you like to see that 3-0 start. The The game in Madison Square Garden was was good. Um you know they they needed a you know a, a depth goal they needed they need someone to come through and it was Warren Fogle of all people um that came through with the goal in the third period that kind of you know decided the game uh but yeah the the New Jersey game was you know it sucked um the first period just they they just didn't look ready it, it looked like a classic Sunday afternoon start for this team um and, and, and to their credit, um, I think they've earned, you know, the benefit of the doubt with that one, uh, with how well they've been playing. Uh, but the second and third period were really strong. I think they, both of those periods were better than, you know, the effort in Buffalo. I mean, it, it was just tough to see that game end that way. Um, you would have definitely liked to see them at least force overtime, but, um, but yeah, like you said, it really comes down to this Ottawa game. Um, the the optics on a four and one trip as opposed to a three and two trip are uh, you know they're very different. Uh, especially if 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 you start as strong as they did and then and then they finish two straight losses against bad teams, that's just that really deflates any enthusiasm around the team that that was built up. Um, it's it's a lot easier to lose momentum than gain momentum, um, and if if they if they you know put together another bad game in Ottawa, I think they're in jeopardy or uh, in in risk of um, really losing that momentum that they started off the the road trip with. So, um, so I, this is going to go up at two o'clock Eastern today, um, actually earlier on iTunes. Um, so. Justin, let's let's put ourselves out on the line here. Uh, what's your prediction for tonight's hockey game? Um, I'm gonna say that they do play a little bit sloppy, but they're gonna come out with a four to three regulation win. Wow, wow. I think I think I I have not. Do you know who's starting? Um, I'm not, I, I'm not I, I, it, sure. I do not know. I'd assume yeah, it'd I, be Morazic. I don't think it's been confirmed. Yeah, but I would just if it's Morazic, I'll say four to three. I'll okay. say four to three. Um, whew. I'll say I'll say uh, I'll say five to two. I think the Kings are gonna win five to two. Oh wow! Yeah, a big I win. I think I think they're gonna really put their stamp 
on this road trip. I think Brendan Moore is going to get him playing. Um, I think they might go down one nothing, and then they'll start going off. Um, or they'll lose. I don't know. Uh, let's just say 5 Yeah, um, Craig Anderson's out. That's what I do know. And they called up Philip Gustafson. But I don't think he'll start. So. Yeah, Philip Gustafson, yeah. a good goalie prospect. They got in the Derek Broussard trade with Pittsburgh last year. So um, he has a bright future. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, however, don't. So good luck to yeah, the Especially Senators. with that owner. Yeah, yeah. Especially with that owner. Yeah, and especially oh my how, how much is it going to pain the Ottawa Senator fan base when um, Colorado walks up to the podium in the top three and uh, picks a really, really good player? I mean, that's definitely going to hurt, but I think the thing that's going to hurt even more is they're going to let Mark Stone and and uh, Matt Duchesne walk, and they're going to have to overplay, overpay bad players just to get to the cap floor. I think yeah. that's what hurts more. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Senators, you have to... If, if you don't get a commitment from one or both of those guys, and like the next week you gotta, you just got to trade them. You, you, you can't afford to lose them for nothing. Um that's a different discussion. Actually, it's not a different discussion because we're about to talk about the trade deadline. Um, so the Canes find themselves themselves in a pretty interesting situation. Um, somehow, some way, the the Hurricanes are all of one or I'm sorry, all of three points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so a win today against Ottawa would put them one point out. Uh, behind Columbus for the final metropolitan spot and Pittsburgh for the final wild card spot. So this is a really, really important game tonight for the Hurricanes. Um, there have been more rumors as of late. More rumors as of late, you know, saying that the Hurricanes might not be sellers. They they might actually be buyers. They might do a little bit of both. Um, what do you want to see the Hurricanes do between now and the February 25th deadline? I want to see them buy. I, I think wow. it's time. This is, if, I think if you don't buy, this is going to end up kind of like a, I don't I forget what season it was. I remember being at the game, but it was the Tampa Bay Lightning game. If we beat, yep. yep, if we beat them, we were in, but we they didn't buy the, at that deadline. They got the they doors are, blown off of them. Yeah. Yeah, and they got the doors blown off. Exactly. So I think it, I think you have to buy. I think there's no reason you should have your first round pick in your hand at this draft. Wow. I you're not you're not bad enough to get some of the top talent. And to me, it's just regardless, it's kind of like a a draft that even if you took somebody in that middle, you're gonna have to wait two to three years. So it's not I think it's time to kind of start speeding things up. Um you got your top prospect in Svechnikov and you got another one coming up in Natchez. I mean, I'm assuming he's probably going to be a full-time NHL player next year. I think I think with Natchez, if the 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 entry level slide wasn't a thing, I think he'd already be up. But I don't think he's going to come up. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't see it happening happening this this season. I think he sticks with Charlotte. Um Based on where their run goes and everything, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't see it happen. So, um, yeah, I, I think it would be ridiculous to hold your your first round pick in your hand at this draft. Um, I think it's it's time to be a buyer. I don't think it's time to be a buyer for a player with term. I, I, I'm not sure. I just, I, 
with how close they are, especially in the wild card and division race, I mean, it's just it just seems like it's time. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna have to battle out Columbus or Pittsburgh for that final spot. And I I mean I don't see with the way Montreal's playing, I don't see them, you know, passing any belt. So really your two teams that you have to beat out are Columbus and Pittsburgh. And I think that there's still some elements to the Hurricanes that could be added, especially on offense. Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about goaltending. I'm not too worried about defense. Um, so I, I, I don't think they should be sellers at all. I think that if you're presented with a deal that absolutely blows the doors off for Michael Furland, then you should consider it. But I would... I think we've expressed this before in, in group chats or whatever, and it's we you might as well stick it out because if you if you sell him if if you do sell him it kind of proves to the team that you don't believe in what they have so use him as your own rental you have him in house you don't lose any assets for it um, you know I I don't see it. I mean why not and then maybe. If they get a playoff run or they do end up in the playoffs, maybe Furlan will bring down his price tag a little bit more to keep the team competitive. And if not, if he wants to be outrageous and ask for a ton of money over a long period of time, let him walk. It's it's no skin off your back. So, um, yeah, it, it's time to be buyers, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I don't agree that they should, uh, <laughs> they should not have their... Uh, first round pick when the deadline rolls why around. why, why? i tell mean me. tell me why if you if you you're not gonna give up <laughs> you're obviously not gonna give up nature's you're look, not giving up look, bean look um, i just don't i don't see what what's the problem with with that i i i, I mean unless it's for a ridiculous player like okay here, i don't know like milan lucic or something <laughs> okay. i mean obviously yeah. don't do that yeah. but i'm saying if it's a if it's a player that can put you over the edge and get you into the playoffs for the first time in nearly a freaking <laughs> decade. Why not? I don't, I don't see what's the problem with being. We have one of the, our, our 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 franchise has the, one of the most stacked um, American Hockey League teams in in the league. So I I just don't see it. I don't see uh, it. I don't know why you would do it. And you still have more teams in junior and overseas that are coming too. I I don't I don't get it. I don't get why you would have it. <laughs> All right. Um... I'll compromise with you here. Um, okay. If if the Hurricanes have okay, here here's mainly what I'm what I'm getting at. The Hurricanes should not trade their first round pick for a rental player. Uh, I think that if they do trade it, they should trade it for a guy with term or a guy that's young. Um, and if that happens by the deadline, great. I I don't know if it will. Um, and also, like that pick could become a lottery pick. So I mean that that could who knows what could happen. I mean you saw the Hurricanes jump up the way they did um, um, last year against Feshnikov, but if if they're gonna trade a first round pick, I would feel more comfortable doing it at the draft as opposed to now, um, just because of the whole lottery thing. Um, but that changes a little bit if you can get a first if you can trade that first for a young controllable asset, then then I'm all for it. Uh, it's just the rental thing. That bothers me, um, but but even beyond that, um, you you were talking about Michael Furland, and it's interesting to see how the narrative has changed a little bit on him too, 
um, a few weeks ago. It, it seemed like a full or a foregone conclusion that he was going to get traded. Um, now that the team is doing so well and, and everything's clicking in, in a way that uh, can make you optimistic about their playoff chances, uh, that that's kind of changed. They're now seemingly willing to hold on to him and risk losing him. And so what about what about so what about for one of the RFAs for Toronto? We we've seen how many times they've scouted each other, but you know both Toronto coming here and us going to them. What, why not for one of the RFAs in Toronto? Um, yeah, I, I, if if the deal made sense, like it, it, you know, you're gonna have a very tough negotiation with Marner. I mean, it's going to happen. I think it, you know, obviously yeah. he's gonna get a deal with them. They'll but, trade. They'll trade half their. And yes, Gardner's going to come off the books, Marner, yeah. but I don't. I, it's going to be really hard if for it, them to offload if, offload Zaitsev and Marlowe because I think Marlowe still has one more year. So, like Kapanen and Janssen, they're they're not going to. I don't know. I just. I, I, would, I would do it definitely for an RFA. Uh, I wouldn't trade a first for um, Janssen, but I'd think about it if it was Kapanen. But even then, like I mean. I don't think they're going to trade Kapanen by the deadline because they have the rest of the year of him on an on an entry level deal for cheap. Uh, he's a top six forward. He's he's playing very well. Uh, I think they value him too much. And I think if the Hurricanes wanted to get Kapanen, they would have to trade Pesci, which I think is a a non starter um, for Kapanen. Uh, Janssen, I think would be a lot cheaper. I mean, he has less of a pedigree than than Kapanen does. Uh, he's two years older. Uh, his numbers aren't quite as good, but they're still very good. Um, I think he'd be a much more realistic add. I think if, if you're looking at Janssen, and I think you can start talking about trading Justin Falk for, for that kind of guy. Um, I, I I mean, n- neither of us know what the real values are or what, what teams think of players, but it, you don't have to trade Pesci or Hamilton to get Janssen, and you probably would if you wanted to get Kapanen. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I would just feel more comfortable if if they waited until the deadline or not the deadline until the uh, the draft to do that, um, because you never know. You just never know with this team, and you know it's it's just tough. I I would be much more like after we after we know the the lay of the land, the lottery results. I'd feel more comfortable with it. Um, but but back to Furland. And, and to answer your question, uh, either of Toronto's RFAs, um, those are both players that I'm interested in, uh, very much so. So if, you know, I don't know if, if again, the first round pick, I, I'd feel more comfortable waiting for the draft, but um, I get your point. So Furland is a, is a hockey player, and so <laughs> here's the thing. With he is. He is very thing. much a hockey player. This is why you listen to the podcast. Um, for information like that, <laughs> analysis, uh, insider information. So, if 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 they're going to trade Furland, uh, they've put the word out that they're willing to to keep him. Like I was saying, uh, and, and just use him as a self rental. I think that they would do that. I think that they would uh, hold on to him and and you know, do exactly what they're saying if they don't get the offer they want. But putting that word out there that, that they're willing to keep Furland, uh, that that only raises his value. That that only means that, you know, teams that want him, 
um, on top of like competing, let's say Nashville and Pittsburgh, just the two teams that come to my head. Um, let's say it's Nashville and Pittsburgh competing offers for Furland, um, and they both really want them. And now instead of that being the case, not, they're also competing with the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes are putting a certain value on Furland for the rest of the year, as I like like it's been said a million times, a self-rental. So if Furling gets dealt, uh, it's going to have to be something serious. And and like you said, if I'm going to trade Furland, it's going to have to be for a pretty a pretty high-value asset coming the other way, i.e. a first-round pick. And if they get a first-round pick, then, like you said, I would be way more comfortable dealing a first-round pick if we had if they had another one in their back pocket. So like, what if they traded Furland to, um, to like to Nashville or Pittsburgh for a first, and then you can trade that first and try to flip it for a different player that, you know, is going to be more cost controlled and, and under, you know, under control. Um, I just think that's ambitious. I just think yeah. the NHL doesn't really work like that, that uh, yes, that is a smart idea. That, that is, if you and I were in control, that makes sense. But the NHL is stupid. <laughs> and I just feel like they're they're not they're going to come up with some excuse that they're not they weren't able to move it because it takes two to make a deal, like that same stuff. Because know, then man. they Don, they Don know Adele's a he's a mover they, and a shaker, man. He's moving and but, shaking. <laughs> but if someone's buying Furland, think of it. If someone's buying Furland, yeah. they're likely going to place in the twenties in the draft, right? So oh. you're getting a lower end pick. I mean, if anybody might want, do it. I don't know. but then, but then the chips would be in the other team's hand because they know that the Canes are not going to probably be in the twenties there, unless for some reason they go on a crazy run. Um, so they would probably want the Hurricanes regardless, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but just like with Furland, really, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I'm just saying that would be an option that I would explore. What I think is going to happen is they're going to keep them. And really, I mean, the point is that them saying that they're going to to keep Furland um, and try to sign him even beyond the deadline, that that raises his value because teams know if they really want him, they can't just wait after the Hurricanes, right? So if the Hurricanes said... Um, we are definitely going to trade him by the deadline. Uh, we want to cash in on this asset. If that's what they were saying, then teams could just wait them out to the last minute and they would have to just take the best deal available. If And now, instead of doing that, the Hurricanes have, you know, put, a, put an even higher value on Furland to the point where other teams have to be more aggressive and pursue that asset and actually make them a legitimate offer than, like, to actually get a chance to get them. So regardless of what happens with Furland, I think the way that they're handling this is actually really smart um, because either way, I think, I think there's value in, in either way. I, if you keep them, there's a lot of value in that and um, trying to make a playoff push. And if you trade him, there's a lot of value in, um, you know, getting a, you know, a good return for him. So, the, the Furland thing is is tricky, and, and it feels like every day, like the word on that is changing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I think we're both on the same page with Furland. I think we'd both rather keep him and and 
you know, I, I think... Let him walk if it comes to it. Yeah, and even if that's the case, I think if... I think his value has come down because he has not been as good lately. So, I mean, if you keep him and you just have talks over the summer and then you just get to the point where, like, he wants to sign a reasonable contract, then then good. Because I think that's a real possibility if they keep him. Because I don't think his value is going to be as high as it was, like, when he had 10 goals in 20 games earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Um, so, one thing I want to bring up is... Um, a little bit on, on the league right now. So there's been 11 trades since January 28th. So it's starting to pick up a lot. Um, but I was wondering what you think about kind of what the market is going to be like when we kind of get closer to the deadline, which we are. Um, I think the two trades that come to my mind is on February 6th, the Predators trade or acquired, excuse me, Brian Boyle for a second round pick. And then... Just on Monday, the Canadians acquired Nate Thompson in a fifth for a fourth. What What do you think about that? Because to me, Nate Thompson and Brian Boyle at this point in their career are kind of similar players. Boyle brings more size, but you see the price tag on both of them. What What, what are your thoughts? A little bit on on not necessarily. I'm not asking you to give me a detailed thing on on how this, but I'm just just kind of feeling out how the market is going to be heading into the deadline. I think that's a good question. And and it kind of comes around to Furlan. Like if like Brian Boyle is a, a like a classic fourth line center and obviously, you know, he's a leader. Uh guys rally around him. He had that amazing story with how he's battling cancer and um he's a feel good story all around. Um and he's been around for a long time. I think there's a value in in having that veteran that has been to the playoffs and been there and done that. Uh but even so, if if Boyle as a rental is fetching a second, like Furling can like for, like like you know what I mean? Like it, you, Furling is worth more than a second than in that in that case because he's worth more than Boyle, and I would I would debate that he's worth a lot more than Boyle. So that was I mean I get the return, and that Nashville pick is gonna be like. 59th or 60th or whatever um i i think that's a that trade makes sense for the for the predators like i have no problem with that um and i think the devil should be pretty happy with the, what they got and with thompson you know i i just don't think he's thought of as highly as boyle honestly I, yeah I, I, think um, it's, I think it's that simple really yeah but then so I was in Nashville this weekend. I was able to take in Predators versus Blues. And then one thing that their arena does that PNC doesn't, they keep track of the shifts, actually. Hmm. Not the time on ice, but the number of shifts. And they, they put it on the on the board, you know, the Jumbotron as as the game goes along. Do they have, like, do you mean, like, the, the like current shift? No, like, it shows the players... Who are on the ice, but and it also shows the taken? number of shifts they take cool, in. Cool, gotcha. So then it will vary by whenever the next group of guys yeah, comes yeah. on. It will, it will show them in the number of shifts they've taken. Um, but Brian Boyle's wasn't that high, so that that makes me wonder. Like I'm not saying like you know bad trade, but I'm just saying a second round pick for a guy you're not going to use that much or rely on. You know, I just think it's it's going to be a really weird market, and I think. Another trade that kind of stands out is the the Florida um, and Pittsburgh trade. 
Um, I I don't I don't know I don't know I think it's gonna be it's gonna be I think you're gonna be surprised and and also especially with the rumors that Florida could possibly be looking to go ahead and acquire, um, you know, two Columbus stars. Yeah, I have no idea what and, the hell Florida's, Florida's doing I, right now. So that that's the weirdest report to me, and especially offloading Huberto, who, okay, yeah. so he, he was a third overall pick, but he is still he's a really, very good really, player. He's a really good player. He's not your franchise guy, but he's still a very very good player. Yeah. So to load him off to to bring on these two would be really interesting. I think that's the the situation that I'm looking at the most. I don't think it will end up happening, but I understand that cuz they probably want the right to be able to negotiate. I mean, Panarin's kind of said I want to be near a beach or whatever. You know, he's got <laughs> he's basically straight up said I'm getting out of Columbus. Why the heck would I stay here? Beach. <laughs> yeah. He's like I'm getting away from Chicago and and yeah. and then Columbus. Columbus. I mean, I'm I'm out of here. But yeah, I I just think that that one to me is is pretty crazy cuz I think we've not really seen that happen before in in a long time where a team outside of the playoffs acquired uh, an expiring contract to then negotiate with them. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's to me. It's, a, it's a risk. Yeah, for sure. Especially at Bobrovsky. Um, but yeah, it's a risk also if they don't sign. And especially if you offload Hoover though. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing there. And I feel for Florida though. Cause I, again, I had higher expectations for them this year. And it just it hasn't worked out. It's it's weird. They they're so talented. Like there there's a lot of good players on that that roster. I mean Barkov, Huberdo, uh, Trocheck. You got uh, uh, Dadnov and Hoffman and all these good players. Ekblad, Yandel. Um, it's kind of weird how they haven't put it together. Goaltending's been a problem. Luongo's kind of on his last leg, Old. and yeah. Reimer's Reimer's terrible. I don't know what they thought with that contract they gave him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, so, question. Yes. What's better, the NBA trade trade deadline or the NHL trade deadline? I think that the NBA one is more exciting for sure. I think you're more likely to see a, a big name player or like a really big. I don't know. I feel like most of the the moves in the NHL are conservative when it comes to the deadline. Oh, yeah. I think that they they tend to make more of the flashier moves at the draft, and yeah, that doesn't really happen too often at the NBA draft. They tend to either swap the player they just selected. Okay, or, yeah. So I I have an issue yeah. with that one. I have an issue with that one. Um, look. Why, why are why are we drafting players and trading them three seconds later? Let's just let's just figure this bad boy out, you know, like ahead of time and think about it. Um, and I know like they, like any trades that are made on deadline or on draft day have to be in by like three o'clock on draft day in the NBA or something weird like that. Um, how about we don't do that? How about that? Sound good? How about you just trade the picks before <laughs> so we're not drafting a player? And, and we're, so we're not drafting Luka Doncic and putting a Hawks hat on him and then three seconds later putting a Mavericks hat on him. Yeah, I think it's kind of like one of those handshake agreement things where, okay, you're in the third spot, we're in the seventh, but we want the player in the third, so here's our deal. You're going to select that guy for <laughs> us. Just so make the we deal. Make a trade. Make I, deal. I don't know. No, no but here's yeah. another thing. 
weird. It can be, yeah, especially the Doncic trade, and that <laughs> obviously. Yeah. I mean, Trey Young could be an okay player. What and a I think stupid he'll trade that was. Decent. No, I'll, I'll yeah. just come out and say that was a stupid oh, trade by the Hawks. Yeah. I think I think Luca's is kind of a, a generational talent, maybe, or he's up but, there. I mean, he's gonna be good. But here's another thing. It, who was the guy that got drafted by the 76ers and it was like his mom was in the front office and it was a feel good story? Who who was that guy? Um, I'm gonna look it up because I'm I am just here right now. Was it? Who? I don't think so. Michael Carter Williams. They ended up drafting him really. No, no, I mean like then this, they traded like him year. and now he's like barely... this year, like this past year. Oh, um, Markel Fultz. No, no, wait, no, you're not. Talking. No, no, oh, no, you're no, talking. No. Michael Bridges. They drafted Bridges. So, um... oh, not the Hornets. Wait, are you talking about? No, you're what? talking about Miles Bridges. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to... Let me talk, damn it. Michael. They, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, Michael Bridges, yeah. Not Miles, yeah. I know I, I yeah, get I was what like, you're saying now then. Um, like, good. <laughs> so Michael Bridges, his mom is in the 76ers front office. And, like, the 76ers drafted him, and it was, like, this really nice moment on national television. And then, like, three minutes later, he was traded to the Suns. And that feel-good story was just pointless and worthless and another thing um i'm just uh, i love another thing (laughs) this isn't even this isn't even uh draft related um so what the hell is going on in the nba like it's the funniest thing um like lebron james is running that league no like (laughs) it's just his league and he's running it and i love it and i'm i'm so here for it because like the idea that you know, Michael or not Michael Jordan, LeBron James is just out here like running an agency that <laughs> represents half the players in the league, and all the players are gonna come to LA and play for the Lakers, and like the Horn, like or no, not the Hornets, the the Pelicans are mad at the Lakers, so they're just like egging them on and like <laughs> just shutting them down. Like this is great. Like I I love I think, every part of this. I think the crazy thing is um uh. I'm sorry. Who am I thinking? Uh, David Stern is is yeah. turning over in his grave, oh, yeah. and he's not even dead yet because <laughs> it's, it's like the the original Chris Paul trade, and now everyone's out there just blatantly saying like this and that, and they're Collusion, trying to form super- like everyone's yeah. colluding. Like the Bucks, the Bucks owner just got fined for tampering. Like, yeah. Can you imagine a day and age in which the Bucks like think of five years ago the Bucks were the in Bucks trouble for tampering? Oh my god! Yeah, it's Bucks. it's crazy and like especially the Porzingis trade where I think it was like how the like he was just like I'm kind of unhappy. Okay, goodbye, and just like straight well, up traded him. Well, with that, I mean, aren't they they? So here's another thing about like collusion and like all this stuff. Like, the Knicks have to know that, like, Kevin Durant's going to sign in the offseason, right? Because that's literally the only point of that trade. Like, they had to have known. They Like, Kevin Durant must have come to him and or his representation told them that he's going to sign there. Because if, if they don't sign, like, a Durant or a Kyrie or whatever, like, that, that trade makes no sense. Yeah, I... Yeah, and it's not like it was like Porzingis was an active player at the time, so it's like for tanking injured, yeah. for like Zion or something like that. It was, like it, was, it, was it was like just to clear 
like room for just a max contract. Yeah. yeah. And now they have to, <laughs> I saw a bunch of uh like, you know, memes and it just said the number was 74 and then cap space on on the name <laughs> and it's just 74 mil in cap space. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting and especially because I think uh, you know, kind of touching close to home here, Kemba Walker too is another name that's that's up there. Yeah. They're a team that's on the edge. Probably, if they get in, they're going to be bounced in the first round. I just, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, there was there was kind of a talk like a year ago about the Knicks. So, yeah, it's just the NBA. Oh, the NBA. What, their deadline is just insane compared to the NHL. But I think I think yeah, the draft. The only thing that the NBA does differently because they don't make those big trades is is trading actual people they just drafted yeah like that's like that that just grinds my gears it should can't, but it does can't wait for the photo of zion in a cleveland hat and then he gets and he's gonna be nick he's just he's gonna be nick four seconds later and that's yeah. that's how that one's gonna go because lebron wants it to happen yeah, yeah. Right. Le- lebron's in the next front office somehow trading <laughs> zion to to from the cavaliers to the Knicks. Hey, that's super team ready my contract's up in two years let's yeah, go this is this is all like a calculated thing. It's like it's like Bill Belichick and the Patriots and Tom Brady. Like I don't know. They they just they they see things so far ahead, and it's just it's yeah it's wild. And in LeBron's case, like he, I, I'm pretty sure LeBron is the commissioner of the NBA, and Adam Silver is just a guy who who is the ugly, pale, bald face of the league. Okay, uh, but let's chair. let's say though the NBA, if if you were going to model, say you're starting, all right, so like the AFL kind of just started in the AAF or whatever, the new AAF, football leagues, the Alliance. If you're starting a sports league, you want to model everything after the NBA because they are like the kind of ideal sports league. They do everything right. It's it's crazy. Like I mean, I personally it's a damn know reality that, show. I personally, yeah, that. It's it's exciting. They let their players kind of be a little bit more out there, and then bench players like first personally, I know this. Kyle Singler get five years, twenty five mil. So oh, yeah. tell me they're not the perfect league because if you want to make some money, you better play basketball. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's unbelievable. Kyler Murray should pick the NBA. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing that was funny. The whole Kyrie thing is just is just great because in October he's like, I'm planning on signing my extension here if you'll have me and all that stuff. Crowd goes wild. Um, like, then and then he he's like, I don't owe anybody anything. <laughs> I don't owe anybody anything. Um, he um, <laughs> the dude gets calls LeBron and apologizes, and then like two days later, I don't owe anybody shit. Uh, you know, this is like. <laughs> it's just the funny it's like the pivot there is it's yeah. just great um it's again it's just like it's like a reality tv show and it's so great um it is. what a time what a time we live in um so before we get out of here uh the charlotte checkers are bad uh tell us yes. why they're bad uh they're two four and four in their last 10 oh that's uh bad. that's not good that's not really good at all um the good news is they still hold their eight point lead as of the recording of this podcast. So that's, Which is ridiculous. Like they, they were so far ahead of everybody. Oh, and we didn't talk about this. Scott Darling, uh 
takes a personal leave of absence um, from the checkers. Uh, he he had a rough go in Charlotte as well. Um, we're not. I don't think we're going to talk about it uh, very much more into into the details because you know of that situation. Yeah, it, but you yeah, know, it's, it's obviously a, you wish a, the best for them. And um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a personal matter. So I mean, it's he's doing what's best for him in his life, and I understand that. And I I I bet the guys on the team. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to really ask anybody any questions. They've been on a road trip, but um, yeah, I think it's it's fine. It's fine, and and you know now you got Callum Booth in there, so um, no harm, no foul. He does whatever you know he needs to do to get back to where he needs to be in in his exactly. personal life. Exactly. Um, but I think the big one that we should talk about, um, uh-huh. other than the fact that they're two four and four over their last ten, which is not good, and th- it's. I think it's it's not the fact like that the points in the standings it's and it's not really the seeding. I think to me it's like they need to get their act together to get the momentum back that they need. Yeah, it's like, all about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, hot at the right times. And I and I'm afraid that they're they're kind of they got hot at the wrong time and now they're starting to slip and then are they going to lose that confidence down the stretch or anything like that? I mean I don't know. I, I, it's just a matter of teams giving them a hard time. I, I don't know. Like, because otherwise, if they have that momentum, they could sweep some people. I mean, it's yeah. they're that good. Oh, yeah. But it's just it, it's getting hot. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's getting hot at the right time. And and that Hershey was was hot at the right time, and they played the checkers and beat them twice. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I I think yeah. It's it's all about it's all about the timing, really. Yeah. And. I think what's also hurt them, uh, you know, they don't have Greg McKay, they don't have Sacramento Linen, you know, like the like the depth there is is kind of getting depleted a little bit, and I think between now and the deadline, uh, obviously the Hurricanes are going to be looking for forward depth, but I also think that they're going to be looking for uh, depth for the AHL team because I think that they want to aid that playoff run as much as possible, um, you know, with with Jordan Stahl getting hurt and main alignment and McKeg turning into full-time NHL players out of nowhere. Um, Zeke off and DiGiuseppe, they, they lost them for nothing via the waiver wire. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, the, the depth there has definitely been depleted a little bit, but I think that they're going to address that as the deadline comes up. And hopefully that, that will help them turn around and get hot at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I think one uh, kind of headline that we missed um, was Cliff Poo's demotion to the ECHL. Yeah. Um, and I did a little bit of research on his numbers, and so, I mean, the, the overlying numbers are six points in 42 games. So what that translates to is .14 points per game, and that ranks last on the team among skaters with at least 30 games played. So... That's kind of where we're at. He had 84 points, and then in the 16-17 season had 86 points in the OHL. So, yeah, it's a it's you know you always kind of see the 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 tough adjustment to pro leagues, but Cliff Plew really really had a hard time. And I mean he got he got fourth line minutes, occasionally third, but most of the time fourth. Um, some some penalty kill time. He had a few power play opportunities in some of the games that I saw, but not much. Um, 
so yeah, it's it, it was a rough go so far, and the the thing that I kind of bring up in this week's uh, article is that with the players that are going to be expecting to join the organization, um, and you know, with the graduation of only maybe two, I Martin Hs maybe 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 unless a player's traded, only if a player's traded, maybe Jake Bean, um. Yeah, the, it's going to be tough for Pooh to get back in there and find a good spot in the lineup. So I, I think yeah, yeah. this trade is is one that's – I know that they had their hands tied. Skinner was unhappy. They didn't feel he fit uh, under the new regime. Okay, but it's still going to go down as a very, very ugly trade. Yeah, I mean the Canes are never going to look good in that trade. And Cliff Pooh obviously is a bad a bad look as well. And, and you kind of touched on um, – Next year, there's going to be more players coming in. There's Stelio Mateos out of the WHL, uh, who's having an, another great year. He looks like a real player. Uh, Stelio Mateos. Uh, E2 lost to Ryanen. Uh, he's playing in the Finnish Pro League and looks to have some upside there. Um, David Cotton is putting up a banner year for Boston College. Um, so there are players that are going to come into the fold here soon. So, you know, that's. The four depth that the Hurricanes already have uh, at their prospect positions, I guess, or in the pipeline, uh, it's only going to get, um, you know, amplified here in the next year or so. Um, is that a podcast? That is a podcast. That is definitely a podcast. Um, yeah, just uh, the little less checkers note. The checkers will not be home this weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte. So oh, yes. they are getting Bojangles Coliseum, as we speak, transformed into what will be the Celebrity All-Star Game. So that will be interesting. But, yeah, yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte's an NBA city this, this week. So Yes. We yes, I expect that. to see. I guess, like, Floyd Mayweather is holding an event, like, two blocks from me so i mean it's gonna be a weird week like how's Floyd mayweather doing there i I don't know it's a social thing i guess they're expecting 150,000 visitors and an 100 million dollar economic impact so yeah it's it's a big money maker it's i guess it's bigger than the nhl all-star game was for raleigh so um yeah it's i guess yeah we're even supposed to see beyonce and jay-z at one point so (laughs) yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a big weekend here it's gonna be a big yeah queen b this is a queen b podcast wow i would i would be okay with that um yeah so this is the canes country podcast the queen b podcast um please follow the uh the good canes country twitter account on twitter at canes country uh Check out Instagram at Canes Country Picks, P I X on that one. Uh, Jamie Kellner has terrific pictures. Um, she is very, very good. Um, please go check out the site. Read what we write. Um, I have a trade deadline primer up on this site. Uh, Justin writes uh, very good Charlotte Checkers content. Uh, he keeps you up to date on all the things. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, um, review, rate. Um, Send us uh, a letter in the mail about how much you like it. Um, you know, send, you know, tell everybody. Take a sign out on the street. Uh, uh, you know, support us, uh, sponsor us. Um, you know, just, you know, just hang out. And uh, 
promote the podcast um, to your friends and family. Uh, that that cousin or uh, in-law you haven't talked to in a while, call them. Uh, tell them about the Canes Country Podcast. Um, you know, if, if you have any children, tell them about it. Um, if you have grandchildren, definitely tell them about it. Um, you know, just, you know, do what you can. If you know, uh, you know, someone who owns a, owns a farm in the area, um, <laughs> go ahead, tell them too. Um, yep. just tell yep. everybody, um, get our names out to the farmers. Just, uh, just, you know, speaking of Bojangles, uh, just go on through the drive through, tell that person, um, to listen to the Canes country podcast. And, um, uh, yeah, just tell everyone, uh, everyone and everything. The only thing, the only time that you should open your mouth, uh, ever is to be um, promoting the Kane's Country Podcast. So please tell exactly. everybody about the Kane's Country Podcast. The only time you should use your fingers is to rate and uh, yes. leave a good comment on our iTunes. Yes. So, and it, it's, yeah. Yeah. Don't use uh, them for anything else. Yeah. Absolutely um, not. The only, the only thing you should be doing, um, if, if you have a day job, quit. Uh, promote the podcast. <laughs> so um, yes. that's enough of that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At Brett underscore finger. Uh, Justin, where can they follow you on Twitter? At Lanky Leap. Ah, uh, yes. At Lanky Leap. Uh, all right. That's a podcast. Uh, hopefully, the Canes win in Ottawa tonight because they, they need to Otherwise, win. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy. <laughs> they need to win the night. Uh, all right. Goodbye. Bye.